So, do you ever watch and read the news and you feel like you're just getting run over? Like, it just doesn't seem like it could get much worse, and then all of a sudden another accident happens, uh, violence is breaking out someplace else, there's another shooting. It feels like you just get run over sometimes. We live in a world where we can feel very small and powerless, where the economy, political and cultural division, wars breaking out or threatening to, can cause us to feel like we're trapped in some kind of a horrible roller coaster that we can't get off of. I didn't sign up for this. What in the world is happening? seems like every time you read, every time you watch, something new is breaking out someplace bad in the world. I'm like, what is going on? And while there are many things that are outside of our control, there are many things that are not. We hold a tremendous amount of power over our lives and influence in the lives of those around us. Now, one of the most important mechanisms of this power that we have, one of the tools by which it's implemented is very small, very common. We're going to get back to that in just a minute. So as most of you know, we've been working through the book of James, a letter written by the younger brother of Jesus to early Christians with practical advice on how to follow obediently. It's hard-hitting, plain talk that has been helping sincere believers in Jesus find clear steps forward for almost 2,000 years. It's time-tested and God-approved wisdom for you and for me. How many of you would say, I could use some time-tested and God-approved wisdom in my life today? Yeah. So we begin in the third chapter today, the first 12 verses. James chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It'll be on the screen. Of course, you may want to open in your Bible or follow along on your phone. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways, If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able to control his whole body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. Consider ships, though they're very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives? My brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a saltwater spring Yield fresh water. So as I'm sure you got the gist, this passage is talking about our words. James is telling us something that, of course, we are already aware of, is that our words matter. This is a message undoubtedly he learned from his big brother Jesus. Matthew 15, 11 and 18 through 20, where Jesus says, It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. 
this defiles a person. What comes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and this defiles a person. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, and slander. Also, Matthew 12, 34 and 37, Jesus says, For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good person produces good things from his storeroom of good, and an evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. That's some sobering words from Jesus. Anybody feeling that with me this morning? Yeah. Words have great power to build up and encourage, but also great power to tear down and destroy. Think for a minute, words spoken to you in the course of your lifetime. Those that have made the biggest impact on your life. What words have made the greatest impact for good that you can think of? I would say the words spoken by my brother Terry challenging me to live for Jesus have had the most impact for good. When Sarah House said, I do, that had a tremendous impact for good on me. And probably there was a manager when I was a young guy, early 20s, I was living in Columbus, working in a restaurant, drinking and chasing girls and smoking dope and doing whatever so many dumb 25-year-olds do. And he just always believed in me. And always tried to get me to live outside of these circumstances and find uh, potential, meaning, purpose for my life. I don't believe he was a Christian, but he just—he really just kept trying to nudge me towards what was good and what was best. You think about the words that have been spoken to you or about you over the course of your lifetime, those that have impacted you for the most good, and those that have impacted you for the most harm. Many of us carry around words that have been drilled into us, programmed into us almost, that have negative and in times of crisis, in times of stress, in times of worry, in times of fear, a lot of times we will default to this message that rolls around in our mind. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? For most of us, if someone knew just the right words this morning and they said them to us, they could hurt us very deeply. We all have these core fears, these deep hurts, and if someone pressed that button just right, and at the same time, if they knew just the right words, they could fill us with courage and with strength this morning, feeling like we could do it. We could take the mountain. We could take the hill. We could do it. They, just the right words. Words have great power, friends, and we need to use them wisely. We don't have any control over the words that are, spoke, words that are spoken to or about us. But we can and we must control how we respond to those words that are spoken to and about us. We all bear scars of words, some spoken in anger, some spoken with laughter, some carelessly or unintended, others pointed and intended to hurt. Regardless, in our own journey, we are the only ones who can determine the extent and the longevity of the damage done by negative words in our lives. Now, the words that we do have control over, of course, are those that we speak. And friends, God cares about what we say. Words matter, and we need to use them wisely. I want to spend some time this morning looking at instructions from James to help us to use our words to build up and to encourage, to bring strength and help, and to speak the truth with love. How many of you could use a little help with that this morning? 
Yeah. So the first instruction I want us to look at this morning is number one, we all stumble. We all stumble. There are some things that we all just share as a result of being human. We all know, no matter what age we are, we all know what it feels like to get older, some of us more acutely than others. We all know how gravity feels. We all know that ice cream is good and that we don't like to wait. There are some things that we all know as a result of being humans, things we all share. Another one of them is, is that we all fail with our words. I mean, you can think of a time just recently where you failed with your words. James 3, chapter 2 and 3, just reminding us, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able to control the whole body. In moments of anger or hurt, stress or fear, insecurity, pride, or self-centeredness, we speak words that wound, words that cut, that make others feel small or disrespected. Words that bring pain or doubt, fear or anxiety. All of us have been on both sides of these equations. We've both given and received. But these hurtful and harmful words are not just those that are spoken outwardly. The words we speak to ourselves about ourselves and the words we speak to others and about others, to ourselves. The words we speak to ourselves about others. They shape how we feel about them, and they shape how we feel about ourselves. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We've talked about this more than a few times. We rehearse some of the things. Somebody recently said that our identity is the greatest predictor of our future behavior. Think about that for a second. How we identify ourselves is the greatest predictor of our future behavior. Because, I, because I'm a father, there's certain things I do, certain things I don't do. Because I'm a pastor, there's certain things I do, certain things I don't do. Because I'm a husband, there's certain things I do and certain things I don't do. Same with you. By virtue of your job, by virtue of your, um, whether or not you're married, your children, your roles, our identity is the greatest predictor of our future behavior. And how we see ourselves has so much to do about what we tell about ourselves about ourselves. Let me say it again. How we see ourselves has so much to do with what we tell ourselves about ourselves. What we reaffirm, the emotions that we affirm, the thoughts that we affirm, the things that we repeat over and over again. We were working on some uh, months ago in a series about winning the battle, winning the war in our minds, about how we need to declare God's truth about ourselves over and over again to try to overturn some of the negative programming that's been going on in our brains since as long as we can remember. We can determine that our internal and external declarations will no longer be those that focus on the negative, that rehearse our offenses, that reinforce our doubt, that justify our anger or encourage disappointment or despair. Many of us do not tell ourselves the truth. We repeat to ourselves things that we feel. We repeat to ourselves things that people have said. We repeat to ourselves offenses that we have over and over again so we can build a case about why we're right and why they're wrong. But the more that we program ourselves with the negative thoughts, with reasons to, yeah, I should exactly feel that way, it affects how we feel about ourselves, it affects about how we feel about others, and it will affect how we talk about ourselves and how we talk about others. 
Our words have great power to affect us and those around us. We need to make sure that our words are doing the work of heaven and not the work of its enemies. We do not want to partner with the devil with our words. <clears throat> Peter, time in the gospel, right? He said, well-meaning. He doesn't want Jesus to go to the cross. Far be that from you, Jesus. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. Well-intended, well-meaning, but still misled. There's no reason to believe that we can't end up in that same place. We have to be so careful with our words. So we're looking at three lessons from James to help us to realize that our words matter. We need to use them responsibly and wisely. Our first step is to be convinced that we are part of the problem and that we can be part of the solution. The second lesson is, is that it may seem like a little thing. It may seem like a little thing. It's going to be natural for us to feel like our responsibility in this problem is limited. Well, I, every once in a while I do, but those people, they do it a lot worse than me. Other people are way worse in this than I am. Actually, I'm pretty good at this. The way we stumble can seem insignificant to us at times related to the way that other people have treated or spoken to us. James is talking about these little things that have great power. How a small bit controls a much larger horse. How a small rudder controls a much larger ship. How much damage a little thing like our tongue can cause. I feel like I'm careful with my words. But at the same time, I know that I can say things in anger. I know that I'm sarcastic. I know that I say things that can be unkind. I know that I complain. What are some of the ways that you stumble with your words? Can you be condescending? Complaining? Manipulative? Bragging? Sarcastic? Deceptive? Immoral? Can your words be angry or insincere? Do we mean them to hurt, insult, or get back? Maybe just win the argument at any cost? What are some of the ways that we stumble? Is it possible that our own stuff, that our own words are doing more damage than we know, that it's worse than we think it is? Absolutely. Listen to a little bit of James' description here again. James 3.6, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Itself is set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Do you think we do damage? Yes, we do. You think we do more than we think we do? Absolutely. And we need to take some responsibility for it. There's a fire sent from hell to bring division and disunity, to threaten and belittle, to accuse and to mock. Is it reasonable to think that the fire that is at work in others, but not in us? Is that reasonable to believe? No. We need to be more careful. What we say matters. Luke 12, 3. 
Jesus said, there's nothing covered that won't be uncovered. Nothing hidden that won't be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. What you have whispered in an ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Think about it for a second. If every word you spoke in the last 24 hours was now written on a sheet on a board that everybody could read, that might change the way we say some stuff. Come on, somebody. Don't get quiet on me now. It's not just something to consider looking back. It's something to consider looking forward. What we're going to say tomorrow, what we're going to say next week, what we're going to say next month. God cares about how we communicate to one another. God cares about how we talk to one another. We need to see this from God's perspective. Proverbs 12, 18 Thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword, but wisely spoken words can heal. None of you want to heal more and hurt less. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words matter, friends. We may be tempted to think that our failures in this area are somehow smaller than those around us, less destructive than they think we, than we think they are just because we want them to be, just because we don't want to hurt or condemn, just because we don't want to criticize or blame. It's going to take more than good intentions to get us to where we need to be. We've already considered, number one, that we all stumble in this area. And that even though it may often seem like a little thing, the damage our words do is real and powerful. So what can we do? Number three, we must decide what kind of spring do we want to be? What kind of spring do we want to be? I heard a guy say this week, I don't even know what a whistleblower is. Anybody? So a whistleblower, right, it tells all the secrets that should have come out. You guys have been, um, you know, mistreating people. You've been underpaying them. You've been cheating them out of their wages. And I'm the bookkeeper, and I know about it. Now I'm going to put it all over Facebook and all over the Internet. I'm a whistleblower, right? There's corruption in the government. I'm going to step forward and say, hey, there's corruption in the government. So our hearts, our, our words are like the whistleblowers of our hearts, they're the tattletales. If our hearts are bitter or angry, if we're wounded or broken, if we're fearful or anxious, if we're prideful or haughty, if we're lustful or jealous, if we're materialistic or self-centered, our words are going to out us. It's why the condition of our hearts is so critical. What we harbor in our hearts is going to come out of our mouths. The offenses we hold on to. The hurts we keep hidden. The lies we believe about who we are or what we can do. When God's truth says that in Christ we are overcomers. That in Christ we are a new creation. That in Christ we have the same spirit in us that raised Jesus from the dead. In Christ we can do all 
things, that in Christ we are being transformed into his likeness and empowered to live out his love, his truth, and his power. The words we repeat to ourselves, the feelings we validate will shape our identity. Who are you this morning? Are we who we feel we are? Are we who other people have said we are? Or are we who Jesus says we are? Are we, what Je- who, are we who Jesus died to make us be? Are we who the Bible says we are? The words we repeat to ourselves, the feelings we validate will shape our identity. We can't afford to let this stuff take residency in our hearts because it's going to come out of our mouths and, according to Jesus, defile us. When we continue to cultivate God's ideas about our own identity, we are much better equipped to treat others with the same grace we've received. We're able to give it away when we understand how it feels to receive it. When it's real to us, then we make it real to other people's. We can give away the love that we've experienced and embraced. If it's just something we've talked about, it's just something we've heard about, it's a, it's a song we've sing, but we've never received it, we've never embraced it, we've never experienced it, then it's much harder for us to give it away. We can guide our words by the same truth that we renew our own minds with. We have to continue to cultivate God's ideas about our identity, God's truth about who we are. James 3, 9 and 10, let me remind us, with the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Your words make a whole lot of difference. They make a difference to the people around you. Even make a difference to your own self, the words that you repeat to yourself, tell yourself. Our words can tilt the balance from negative to positive. Your words, my words can tilt the balance from doubt to faith. From I can't and I won't to I can and I will. How many of you like to see people that you know that have been struggling, maybe even your own struggle? You'd like to see them get to the other side. You'd like to see yourself get to the other side. Sometimes those are just the words that we hear. Sometimes those are just the words that we say. That's the only difference between here where we are and there where we need to go. It's just believing words that are true. And those words can come out of our mouths that can help people get to the other side. We can tilt the balance from negative to positive. We all know what it's been like. Any of us that have been married, you've been in a relationship, and you know this thing is just about to go sideways. And you can either step up and press your point because, by golly, you're right. And you know you're right. And you're going to make sure everybody in that room knows that I'm right. I'm so right, I can't even hardly take it. And you're going to know I'm right. We're not leaving this room until you know I'm right. Or you can just step back and go, it doesn't matter. It is not worth it. Right? You can step back and go, it's okay. We have a choice. Our words can tilt the balance between anger and a soft answer turns away wrath, the Bible says. Our words can tip the balance, friends. They make such a wonderful and beautiful and sometimes terrible difference in our lives. We have to be responsible for our words. What kind of fountain do we want to be? Hebrews 3, verse 13. But encourage each other daily while it is still called today. 
Encourage each other daily while it is still called today. Our words can be powerful both for good and for bad. They can bring life or they can bring death. What would happen, friends, if we decided that we're going to be stingy with our criticism and generous with our praise? Now, it is just human nature that if somebody does something good, um, say you do 10 people, right? And three of the, uh, ten, all 10 of those people have a positive experience. Typically, only three of those 10 are going to say anything positive. But if something negative happens, guess how many of those people are liable to say something negative or report negative or have negative feelings about it? Seven out of 10. We are, our humanity just leans into some of this stuff. But we don't have to be only natural. We weren't made to be only natural. That's why God comes to live inside of us so that we can be supernatural. We can have supernatural um, positivity, a, a supernatural faith that looks on the right instead of the wrong. Paul said, think on these things, true, honest, and just, pure, lovely, and a good report. That's why it's the only way we can have peace. You can focus on all the stuff that's bad. You can think about all the stuff that's wrong. But friends, it is nothing when you focus on that, is it going to get any better? Sometimes you have to look at it in order to fix it. That's my temperament. I'm a, a melancholy, creative, problem solver kind of thing. I see the problems first, and it's easy for me to get stuck there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You start making a list of all the problems, all the ways this is wrong, all the ways this is bad. This isn't fair, and that's not right. I can give you a list, friend. But I can tell you living there is miserable. Because you don't have solutions for all those problems. There's more problems than you have solutions for. And we have to choose to think on those things true, honest, and just, pure, lovely, and a good report, or else our mind is going to be a continual treadmill of negativity. Jesus said what's in our hearts is going to come out of our mouth and it's going to defile us. But words can change that, especially God's word, the truth of God's word. Not only that we proclaim with our mouth, but also we proclaim to ourselves and our hearts, about ourselves and about others. There's an old quote, and I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but um, that cherries, uh, cherries are best seen through a magnifying glass. It's, it's silly. It meant something to me, but it's probably not going to mean anything to you. That the way you look at something makes a difference on how positively you see it. Right? There's a story of a woman who is going to divorce her husband, and she's I'm, I'm divorcing him. I'm done with this guy. I'm out of here. Right? And the counselor she was talking to, I want you to go and think of one good thing to say to your husband every day. One good thing you can say to your husband every day. One thing you're thankful for. He took the trash out. He didn't leave his socks and his underwear laying on the bathroom floor. Whatever. One good thing. All of a sudden, she didn't come back. She never came back for any more counseling. And he reached out to her, couldn't get a hold of her, couldn't get a hold of her, finally got a hold of her, says, well, what, you know, what happened? She says, well, I, I started looking for the good things about my husband, and I realized that I still loved him and that there was good and positive things about him. So much, friends, of the world that we live in is based on our viewpoint of it. And if we can get some of the negativeness out of our minds and out of our hearts and out of our words, we can change the way we see it. And we can change the way we live in it. Encouraging one another daily while it's called today. Our words are powerful, both for good and for bad. They bring life or they bring death. What would happen if we decided we're going to be stingy with our criticism and generous with our praise? I'm going to encourage you during this three weeks of 
um, three weeks leading up to Easter, try to um, try to not say anything negative. Try for a day to not think anything negative. It will really all of a sudden make you aware of, oh my goodness. Now, some things are just bad, right? I mean, you get in a car accident. It's just bad. But you can still look for the good in the bad. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Not to dwell on the negative, but to find something positive, to think about those things, true, honest, and just, pure, lovely, and good. What would happen if we all decided we were going to be fountains of encouragement? Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk. Somebody say any. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Most of the time, we want people to prosper in ways that benefit us. Come on, somebody. We want If they would just do it like we do, it, the world would be so much better, wouldn't it? If they just did it the way I did it, wouldn't you be happier if the people in driving in front of you drove like you did? They just need to do it like I do. It's going to be so much easier. I'd be such a better world. But Paul, Paul says the exact opposite of that here. Isn't that strange? Only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit them. Who listen? So much of the time, friends, we just have, we're just thinking about ourselves way too much. We make it about what we want. We make it about how we feel. Sometimes the answer is just to be quiet. Sometimes we just got to shut our mouth. I remember uh, Joyce Meyer talking about she's had to shut her mouth and run out the room. Right? Sometimes we just got to be quiet. But that leaves a lot of the work undone still. There's also truth and love, compassion and kindness that needs to be shared, not just criticism, jealousy, anger that needs to be avoided. It's not just the bad we don't want to do. It's the good that we need to do. Anybody with me? Lacey, can you come up and help me? Before we go, I just want us to spend a few moments. And, of course, we have our baptism. That will be um, about 10 minutes or so. Um, Just want to give us a moment to consider how we want to respond to what we've heard this morning. Benjamin Franklin Parker said this to his nephew, Peter Parker, that with great power comes great responsibility. Jesus said something similar in Luke 12, 48. For everyone who has been given much, much will be what? Required. We who have been given the resources of heaven to make us more like Jesus. We who know both the damage and the benefit of our words can cause and should be leading the way in making sure our communication is spreading life, encouragement, grace, peace, and truth. James can help us with this. But we need to recognize, number one, that we all stumble. And even though it may seem like a little thing, we're causing damage with our words, with our attitudes, with the things we don't say when we could say kindness, when we could bring encouragement and we withhold it because we're mad or we withhold it because of something that they did or something they didn't do. 
We all stumble, and it may seem like a little thing, but we need to decide what kind of spring do we want to be. My prayer this morning, and hopefully it's yours as well, is found in Psalm 1914. The psalmist writes, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Have you say that's my prayer this morning? Stand with me if you would. I'm going to pray and then we're going to move into our baptism. I want us to just take a moment. To grapple with what we've heard today. We can do a couple things with it. We can say that's really interesting. I'm going to think about that some more. We can say that doesn't really pertain to me. We can say, that's me and I want to do something about it. I I hope and I pray that that is how you feel this morning. God, I want the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Words matter, friend. Let's use them wisely. We're going to need God's help for this. Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you today that you have a way for us to walk. You have ways for us to live in obedience to you obedience to your word and that is the way that brings us the most amount of fruit with the least amount of pain the most amount of good that happens in our life and the least amount of pain if we just do it your way god these words are one of the ways that we can easily get careless with like we feel like maybe ours isn't so bad it's not that big a deal But we're reminded this morning that the power of life and death is in the tongue. That the words we speak can sow life. And the words that we speak can sow death. Death to hope and death to dreams. Death to confidence. Death to faith. Death to courage. God, help us, I pray, this morning to be fountains of encouragement. To be fountains of truth. That we would take seriously the scripture that says, Encourage one another daily. Encourage one another daily with truth, with love, with peace, with community. Encourage one another daily that they can. That in Christ they can be more than they ever thought they could. In Christ they have more than they ever thought they could have. They can do more than they ever thought they could do. That in Christ possibility awaits. Open doors are waiting for us to walk through in Jesus and through Him. Maybe you're listening to my voice this morning and you'd say, you know, I'd, I need God's help in this, but I've never really asked Him to come and be not just the King of my mouth, but the King of my heart. I have a hard enough time with my mouth that I need to make Him the King over, but my heart is really the place that I need to have Him rule. I have sins that I need to be forgiven. I have shame that I've been carrying around for years that I know that He wants to forgive, that He's went to the cross to die for my sins, to take away my shame, to put new life inside of me. And I want to experience some of that new life today. Maybe that's you. You're in this room. You're listening online. You'd say, you know, that's me. I I don't want Jesus to take charge of my mouth. I want Him to take charge of my heart and my life in brand new ways like never before. If that's you, I'm just going to encourage you to lift a hand towards heaven this morning. 
If you're watching online, I'm going to encourage you. Just put it in the, the chat underneath. Say, man, I'm, I'm lifting my hand. I want Jesus not just to control my words, but I want him to control my heart. I'm inviting him in today. Jesus, come and be the king of my heart. Be the king of my life. I want my heart to be right so that my words would be true. And for those of us today that Jesus is living in our hearts and we have given Him charge of it, that, but we want to ask Him to help us that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would look a little bit more like Him, would sound a little bit more like Him. We know how to just put a little thing at the end of it. We know how to just leave a little uh, barb on it. We know just how to do it and still make it sound like, well, we really didn't do anything bad how to protect ourselves, but still leave it hanging out there so it, it's still, they know that you're displeased. They, they, know, you, they know that you really don't um, love them, that you really don't support them. They know. They, well, that's not that big a deal. I really didn't hurt anybody. I didn't foul anybody. Does it sound like Jesus? Does it bring encouragement to those that are hearing us? Friend, let's not withhold encouragement. Let's not withhold love. Let's not withhold truth. Let's give it liberally. The way that we have received the depths, the treasure that we've received, now God's asking us to give it away. I hope you join me this morning saying, God, I want to be that. I want to be that. I want to be a fountain of blessing. I want my, my words, my communication to be a fountain of truth, of blessing, of life, of hope, and of peace, and of faith. Lord, help me to do that today, I pray. If that's your prayer this morning, somebody said, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. You can be seated.